Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. All right, this episode is funny. It almost feels like it deviates from the other things I've been talking about. It absolutely doesn't. I just need to give you some context. Um, I want to title this episode, Mika. (laughs) That is the name of a person. That person is my little sister. So Mika is my younger sister. She's six years younger than me, which that's kind of a gap. Um, My older sister, I have two sisters, an older sister named Sandy and my younger sister named Mika. Sandy's three years older than me. My mom wanted to have three kids, a a girl, a boy, and a girl. She had me and my older sister, and then, or my sister and then me, and then the doctors told her because she has skin cancer, they told her she couldn't have another child because the hormones and everything that happens to her body just causes the cancer to flare up and it's really not healthy for her. And then several years later, it became a faith thing. My mom was like, if the Lord wants me to have another child, he's going to take care of this, blah, blah, blah. And they decided to have another child. So that was like six years later and then Mika was born. Right? And so Mika's six years younger than me. She's always been like my little sister, that girl that was in the background that I would somehow incorporate into hanging out with my friends or make her go away because she's annoying or whatever, right? She was just always there. And then when I moved out and lived off my life, like she stayed back home, obviously, but we've always had such a, a bond and she's always had a, we've had a mutual respect for each other. <clears throat> and so I have a couple of stories I want to share with you guys. Um, and part of the reason I wanted this to be an episode on my podcast was because Mika is a big part of my life. I mean, not just personally, obviously I love her and she's one of my best friends, but also <clears throat> she's very involved in the things that I'm building at the moment. At the moment it feels inappropriate. She's very involved in things that I'm building, period. <laughs> and has taken on a lot of uh, leadership in this area and has very much cast her a lot with me and contributed in significant ways to what has happened and what is going on today in my life. So um, I just wanted to introduce this character to you guys and for you just to have an understanding of who she is and also just share some of the personal journey there because I hold, it's a precious thing that I hold in my heart, but also she is, you know, such an integral part of everything that's going on with Numa culture. So Mika, I remember I was moving to Japan. A bunch of my friends and I got, had gotten into the cars. My mom was driving the first car and there's a caravan and another car behind it. My mom was driving the one in the front. I was sitting up front with my mother and Mika was sitting between us. And the backseat had three of my friends and then the other car had a bunch of my friends. We were all driving to the airport because I was about to move to Japan for five months. And this was kind of a big deal because I'd never moved away before. This was like, you know, I mean, I had moved out, but I was still in the same city. I, I did life with these people. Like I, I was, I've always had community around me. I've always had people that I was leading and mentoring and pastoring and doing life with. Like, that's always been a, a way of life for me. So for me to take off for five months was kind of a big deal for us as a community because I was such a central piece to our connection. And I was always the one initiating things and hosting events and, like, leading people to things or whatever. And so this was just a big deal for us as a community, right? And so I remember we were driving to the airport and Miko was sitting next to me. Um, I was 20, so that means she was 14. And... As we got closer and closer to the airport, the seriousness of the situation continued to increase and got heavier. And at one point, I remember we were like entering the airport's property. I remember we were just getting so close. And I put my arm around Mika just like kind of to say goodbye. And I just, I don't know, I was expressing this like affection and love for her. And she leaned in and I don't know what happened. This was like a strange, profound moment. 
But in the same instance, we both like broke into sobs immediately. And we both were sobbing up front. And it was, I remember being self-conscious and feeling really awkward about this because the people in the back were all, we were laughing and like whatever the whole time. And all of a sudden the car got completely silent because they realized this thing was happening and they could hear, everyone could hear both of us just kind of like gasping for air, sobbing. It was so awkward. I was like, I don't want this to be like a public moment or like, I don't know that I want other people to be part of this. I don't want people to hear me like this. It was embarrassing. But I was also, I remember being shocked at like this awareness that I had. Like I just discovered this deep, almost primal love I had for Mika that I wasn't aware of up to this point. I wasn't conscious that I cared for her in this deep place that I almost didn't feel in control of. I was like, where is this coming from? This is so intense. It was shocking. I learned something about myself and about my relationship with her in that moment. And basically there was like this sadness that was coming out of me because I felt like I was leaving her alone without a shepherd. Like I was removing my covering and she wouldn't have my voice or guidance in her life anymore, which sounded so dramatic, but it was just such a new thing in our lives. It was just so different. I was like, I'm leaving her defenseless, if you will. And in a lot of ways growing up, I was Mika's spiritual mentor and guide. Like I functioned in a lot of ways as a dad to Mika that my dad wasn't, not because he was a bad dad, but just, you know, emotionally and spiritually, I showed up in ways that he didn't, didn't know how I think. And so Mika definitely connected with me in that space. And so, you know, growing up, we've gotten to like renegotiate some of those boundaries and figure out like, hey, we're siblings. I'm not your dad. And, you know, I've gotten to work through that, which has been really refreshing and awesome. But at the time, it was so like emotional and intense. And it was like an eye opener for sure. Anyway, fast forward. I was at BSSM. I remember I was in second year and Mika would call me up and she was going to college. And I remember one night I was walking around. It was like 1030 at night. She's just, we're catching up. She didn't normally seek out to chat with me on the phone, but this was one of those moments where she's like, I need to talk to you. And it happened a couple of weeks, like a couple of times in a week. And um, she was like crying on the phone, just like so overcome and distraught because her life was miserable. And she just hated what was happening and didn't feel any hope. Like everything was overwhelming and exhausting. And she just was so spent and fried. And I was like, Mika, this is crazy. How did you get here? This is not your life. Like, this is not supposed to be happening. Like, why don't you, what have you left Portland? What if you came to Reading? What if you did first year? Like, what if you moved down to Reading and did life down here with me? And we were just, you know, you came and did ministry school and she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, yeah. And she was actually surprisingly open to the idea. And I was like, oh, this is pretty bad. Because <laughs> Mika had been so bent on her career, right? Like going to college, getting her degree, becoming a doctor, this whole thing. She decided she was going to be a doctor ever since she was like 16. She went on a medical mission trip or something and just got this idea in her head that she was going to become a doctor. And I don't know why growing up, I always, I mean, I've always had trouble like celebrating that. Like I could not get on board with her becoming a doctor and I have nothing against doctors necessarily. I'm not like opposed to my sister being a doctor. It wasn't that it was like something in the spirit was blocking me from being able to participate. Like I could not give my yes or my affirmation to this. It felt too intense for me to give that to her without it being consequential in a way that I couldn't support. Um, and so I remember being visibly <laughs> and consciously uncomfortable when she'd bring it up and I couldn't celebrate it. And it felt awkward. It was definitely a point of tension for us. She never confronted me and was never mad at me for that, but it was, I felt very self-conscious and like aware, like I can't go down this road because everybody else was always so celebratory of her becoming the doctor and we're going to have a doctor in the family. Blah, blah, blah. And I would hear it praise and like our fa extended family would all just be so, you know, celebratory of the thing. And I'm like, yeah, I can't get on board with this. And I, don't, I remember just being aware, like, yeah, can't do it. And I what, didn't know why. I didn't have answers for it back then. Anyway, so she came to Reading, did first and second year. Ch her life changed. It was awesome having her here. It was so much fun to get to like see her go through this process. Mika's so extreme and intense about everything that she does. So I remember she would describe encounters she had with God or things she was learning in school and it just being so aggressive, like intense. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
okay, yeah, that's great. I love it. And it was just like, it was such a, an intensity to it. And she also had some friends around her that were pretty intense, which is great. Um, one of her friends became a good friend of mine as well and actually was pretty pivotal in like some things happened in my life. But anyway, uh, after second year, Mika moved back to Portland to go finish her degree. So she went back to, you know, get her master's in biology or, or sorry, her bachelor's in biology. Yeah. And then going to medical school, medical school. Um, but one day we were texting and this is probably three years ago now, maybe. And she was just talking about her future and what was coming up and whatever. And she just was like, wanted to take a break. And she asked if there was someone that maybe she could intern for in Reading. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And you know, she wasn't thinking of anybody. And then, um, I was, I remember I was going to get lunch one day and I had this random thought. I was like, what if she interned for me? Like, what if Mika could kind of just like help take over some media stuff in my world that I have, I have some projects I want to do this year? And what if Mika took that over? And what if she's on my team? Blah, blah, blah. So I just texted her one day. I was like, hey, how would, what would you think about interning for me? And she's like, interesting. And, you know, we both just assumed that would be dumb for her to do because she has access to all these other mentors. I'm already mentoring her. Like, why would she officially like do a third year thing with me? Back then it was like an internship. But then she, think, she thought about it, considered it. And then like, sure enough, she said yes. And so I remember back then... Two of the guys that I was living with um, at the property I was overseeing that with the whole Emerald Village thing, that it, when it, the thing that became Emerald Village, two of the guys that I was living with, I asked to intern for me. Um, and so I, they were kind of preparing for that for the next year, and I told them Mika was going to intern for me as well. And they were like so excited to meet my sister and whatever. And I was like, hey, I want you both to know you are not allowed to date my sister. You can date anybody else in the whole world. There are billions of other people you can date. She is not one of them. She's the only one I'm asking you. No, I'm telling you, you can't date. And they would like razz me and make jokes for a couple months. They'd be like, oh, what if I, what if they fell ill? Like all these scenarios of like, what if they got together? I'm like, oh, I get annoyed and roll my eyes or whatever. And eventually, I think a couple months later, they both had these, these independent moments with me where they would just sincerely tell me, yes, Mike, I promise it won't happen. You got it. And then, you know, stuff starts happening. I promise I'll adjust and whatever and do whatever I need to do. Whatever. I'm like, cool. Thank you. And it just was settled. And I was like, good. Um, <laughs> so that year, Zach was one of the guys who lived with me, who was interning for me, and Mika were appointed to oversee Emerald Village. And so they were doing that together as like a tag team, right? Zach was kind of overseeing it, and, or he was supposed to be the head of the thing, and Mika was going to be an administrative supportive role and kind of like mentor the girls, right? So they're doing this together, and they lived like right next to each other at a property. And I think a couple months in, I was, yeah, I think it was like in October, we were, I was heading up to Portland to do a ministry trip. And so Mika, Zach, and another one of my interns, Emily, were coming with me on this trip. And we got in the car and we were driving up and I remember we stopped at a safe way to use the bathroom and Emily was like, Hey, as soon as we park, I'm going to just, I'm going to bullet to the bathroom. I'm sorry. I just have to go. So if I run you over, I apologize. Just don't get in my way. So we parked and Emily booked it to the, to Safeway. And we we're far in the parking lot. So Mika, Zach and I got out of the car and we we're walking. And so Mika was walking ahead and Zach was behind her and I was on my phone doing something. And I looked up and Zach was playfully walking in tandem with Mika behind her footsteps, just like messing with her, you know, just being playful and whatever, being Zach. But something happened in this moment. Oh, God. I can still remember it as if it happened yesterday. Um, I looked up, and as soon as I looked at him doing that behind her, I immediately knew in my spirit, they're going to get married. And I was like, what? And I didn't want to know that. I was really offended at the idea. I was like, what the heck? Because they were not even dating. He wasn't allowed to date her, right? Nothing was happening between them. And so, like, I was like, what is this? What? And the next thing I heard in my spirit was the Father. I don't know why I knew it was the Father. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Jesus. It was the Father. I felt rebuked in a good way. I didn't feel like I was punished or like condemned. But he came to me and said, You have forbidden something I have not. And I was like, whoa. And it felt like an intense, like, you crossed the line. This is inappropriate. It needs to be fixed now. Kind of an intensity. He wasn't like mad. He wasn't like punishing. But he was 
passionate and intense about it. I was like, <gasps> and I just felt convicted and shocked and confused and I didn't like it. And I just, and then I pushed that thing away. I just shoved it back down. I was like, ah, everything's fine. Ah. And then I remember five hours later, up further on the drive to Portland, we stopped at another city to get lunch. And so Emily and Mika went somewhere to get lunch and Zach and I were getting sushi together. And he's like, hey, yeah, so I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm starting to have feelings for Mika. And I'm like, what? He's like, and so I just, I know that's not supposed to happen and nothing's going to happen. And, and like, I'm going to fix that. I just wanted you to bring that up and just let you know and let you know my process. And so maybe you could give me some advice on how to like manage myself, especially since we're working together so closely and whatever. I'm like, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I'd love to like figure out. Yeah, what we could do to, you know, like, stem that little situation, whatever. And so it just came up. And then on the drive back after the trip, he brought up again while the girls were passed out in the back seat. And he's like, yeah, so, like, what do I do? And I was like, you know what? And I, in that conversation, I was trying to be, like, mentor guy. I was trying to be, like, objective and helpful. But something was happening to me where I just, I hated Zach. I wanted to kill him. I didn't want to be part of this conversation. I was very aware something in me was, like, viscerally opposed to this conversation. And I was like, hey, dude. I'm having thoughts right now that I don't feel comfortable like exploring just yet. I want to process them first. So I don't know how much further down this road I can go with you right now, which I never do. I never do that. But I remember, and I remember feeling self-conscious, like having to tell him this, like I'm losing control of myself. I was like, yeah, so I, we can talk about this another time. But I just need to process some stuff first before I can like go here. And he's like, okay. And he was like kind and like appreciative of that and like kind of let it go, which I'm grateful for. But we got back a week later. I was like, hey dude, can we talk? I need to chat with you. So he came over to my house I was like, he just was going to spend the night and go to church with me the next morning. So he spent the night in my at my house, and whew, I remember I told him, I was like, hey, dude, so we were on our trip, blah, blah, these things happened. Um, the Lord kind of, con he confronted me, and I got to process through some stuff, and I've realized that I've stepped into some things that aren't mine to prohibit. And so I guess basically what I want to tell you is, if you decide you want to pursue Mika, you, you have my blessing to do so. And he was like, What? I was like, if you decide, God, he's like, make me say it again. If you decide that you would like to date Mika or, or, you know, like explore that, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not opposed. I'm releasing my ban from this. He was like, why? I was like, oh, I hate this kid. I want to kill him. So I just kind of shared with him a bit of where it had come from, what had happened to me. And he was like, wow. And he started laughing, getting all excited. I'm like, oh. I was like, hey, dude, I'm getting on board with this. Cause, you know, maybe contain the glee a little bit. I need some space to process. Anyway, fast forward, like, probably two and a half weeks later, I was going to be going to South Africa, and Mika was coming with me. She was the only one coming. I was going to be doing, you know, a tour and speaking or whatever for, like, two weeks. I was like, hey, dude, Mika and I are going to be in South Africa for, like, two weeks, just the two of us. And if at some point this comes up, like, we're going to have to talk about it. I don't want to be the person that this comes from. I'd love for you to be the one to bring it up and talk to her first. So I would love it if you could talk to her before we go. I, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just telling you, like, she's probably, that's probably going to come up on some level. And if it does, I'm not going to be able to lie to her about this. So it's probably better for both of you if she hears about this from you rather than me. He's like, okay. And he all of a sudden had this time frame that he had to work. He, I don't think he even knew how he felt yet. He's like, what the heck? And so I just kind of like, uh, which in hindsight, I'm like, was that fair? I don't know. I mean, I think legitimately I was trying to do the best I could to like set them both up for success and me not get involved or whatever. Anyway, so it's like, they have the conversation before we leave and we get on, Mika and I remember we're on a plane, like on a second connection flight. We're both sitting there and it's quiet. And I'm like, oh, this is the moment I'm going to bring it up. And I was like, so, because I, I'm like, she hasn't brought it up yet. What is she waiting for? And I was like, so... Um, I hear you had a conversation with Zach and she was like, she didn't look at me. She just stared ahead. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> and we got to talk about it. 
It was hilarious. Anyway, obviously, long story short, they got engaged, and now they are married, and she just had their first baby, like, a week ago. Kind of crazy, right? So, fast forward, that a lot of stuff has changed, but um, all that to say, oh, on that trip in South Africa, I remember um, Mika and I were just kind of doing stuff together, and she was very supportive on the trip, and I pulled her up for times at times to, like, speak from the front and whatever, and in all the different cities we had gone to on that tour, people were like... They often assumed we were married. I'm like, no, this is my sister. And like, oh. And then they would be like, why are you guys so close? Like, it's rare, I would say, to see siblings, adult siblings, like, work together so closely and get along so well. You guys seem like your friends. Like, what's what's the deal? And um, they're just, like, very impressed. And they're just very, like, complimentary, right? And so I remember one time we were in Cape Town. We were, like, hiking this mini mountain or whatever. And our host had gotten so far ahead because Mika was shooting some whiteboards with me. And we just were taking forever to do it. So they were like... Couldn't even see them anymore. I was like, we gotta go. So we were hiking. It was kind of putting some purpose in our step, trying to get up to where they were. And while we were doing that, I remember asking Mika, I was like, hey, so obviously we're getting a lot of compliments from a bunch of different people about our relationship and, you know, our friendship and that whole thing. Like, why do you think we get along so well? What do you think that is? Like, do you think that I'm just like really dominant and like, you know, leader guy and you just like give me a lot of space and say yes and just submit? Like, is that, do you think that's why it's working? She's like, no, I don't think that's what it is. I was like, well, what do you think it is? Because I'm trying to find, like, some rational explanation. I started getting self-conscious because it just kept coming up so much. And she was like, well, I think you and I both respect each other. And, you know, we're both honest and we're both willing to have those conversations. And, you know, we can talk through stuff and um, we both are discerning or whatever. And, you know, I think we both are submissive and, like, defer to the other when we're right. And you just happen to be right more often than me. And I was like, what? And I couldn't believe that. I was like, <laughs> like that's some impressive humility and meekness, I would say. Like, for, you know, as um, mature and, like, intelligent as Mika is and as wise as she is, for her to be willing to say that. I mean, I think she's right. I'm not saying that from an arrogant place. I think that's true. I think that I've put a lot of effort and intentionality and thought into, like, what do I believe and why? I think probably I've done that more than the average person. And she's had that coming from me our whole lives. And so, obviously, she's seen me in some not-so-mature spaces of my life. But we've put a lot of work into cultivating our connection and our relationship. And and I was like, I think she's absolutely right. And that's beautiful. And I just felt so honored and profoundly, like, blessed to have a sister who is willing and able to go to that place and have that kind of value for our connection and priority or whatever. And so, anyway... In that space, I've continued to just pull on Mika. She's, you know, she's disciplined. She's, uh, she takes initiative. She's a leader. She's wise. She's discerning. She's experienced. She's administrative. She knows how to set up systems. She's a great communicator. Like, she's been very helpful in many aspects of my life. And so she's currently one of our NUMA coaches. She oversees all of Emerald Village with Zach. Um, she helped start the media side of my world, which has now become its own thing and whatever. Like Mika has been a very key part of this whole thing. And so I just want to take a moment to honor Mika and just, just explain her involvement in all this. And, um, yeah, at, at the recording of this a week ago, she gave birth to my niece and it's been hilarious to experience myself in this whole process. I am losing my mind. This little baby is beautiful and so cute and doing weird stuff to me. And like, I literally will just try and find ways to hang out with them to just be around the baby. Like, I don't even know that I need to hold the baby. I just want to be around her. Her name's Fox. Yes. Like the animal. Why? I don't know. You can talk to Mika and Zach about that. Their email is just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, so I just wanted to throw that in there. I wanted to throw also a confession into this. Um, family members, can be so much work. There can be such 
chaos and dysfunction and miscommunication and misunderstanding. Family members can lock you into an identity or a role that you've since long grown out of. But no matter how old you get, they still treat you like that little whatever or like that irresponsible or that selfish or that whatever person, right? They just put these labels on us and they don't ever let us get out of it, which I think is one of the biggest contributing factors to why family relationships are so strained. It's like we can't just let it go and like let people grow. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but one of the beautiful things about Mika and our, our relationship has been, I think we both have given each other permission to break out of cocoons and not hold labels over each other and continue to renegotiate. Who are you? And just giving both, we both give each other space to evolve and become who we are and continue to affirm the person we've always known that we are, but also having grace for the shedding of the old stuff and the things that don't belong and things that aren't fitting anymore or aren't serving us. And like being willing to say yes to this new version and like uphold and support that adjustment and like acknowledge it as real. I think that's been a beautiful consistent um effort we've both made and it definitely takes work like it takes i remember when zach and mika were seriously were getting serious in their relationship i didn't see much of her anymore and she never really reached out and i didn't feel like supported or known by her anymore i'm like what the heck like she's in my world she's one of my interns and like she's out i guess it's kind of how it feels or was she interning for me it might have been the year after anyway so i pulled her aside one day and i was like hey just i just want to let you know like this sucks for me um I miss my sister. I feel like you and I used to like have a relationship and that's, and that's not non-existent. I just don't feel like I've connected with you much anymore. Like in the last couple of months, which is a which is lame. I miss you. <clears throat> and I feel like, you know, nothing changes here. The trajectory of our relationship, like it's going to be different, which makes me sad. I'm not saying it, it can't be. That's okay. I'm open to that. I just want you to know like this is happening and I'm feeling this invitation for me to have to let go of certain aspects of our friendship to make spaces. And I definitely want to give space to Zach. I don't want to be something in your life that belongs to him. Obviously, blah, blah, blah. So negotiated all that. And she's like, yeah, I don't want that. That sucks. Thanks for telling me. Ugh. And so we made some adjustments. I think, I think since back then we decided to have a sibling date once a week, <laughs> every Monday night, we'd have a sib date and we've done it probably half the time we actually like planned out. We just continue to like adjust accordingly, but we still make some effort intentionally to connect and just catch up and when we do, it tends to be several hours of just like, you know, because I don't have a relationship with anybody like I do with Mika. <clears throat> she and I both were born in Guam, moved to the States, raised by a Japanese man, an American woman in a culture that was neither of ours. Like, we have a very unique culture. And so, like, that's something that I share with Sandy and Mika that I don't have with anybody else on the planet. It's really strange, really unique and cool. Um, and so to have someone like that so, like, entrenched in my history, so involved in my present, and we're both adults and doing life, it's just, it feels like a dream come true that I didn't know I had. I didn't realize, I didn't know, don't think I ever would have considered I could have this, you know what I mean? Yet it's still here. I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. And, and her husband, Zach, he and I are, like, I love Zach. He's also one of my best friends. I love this guy. And we're close. Like, I was close to Zach before he ever met Mika, you know what I mean? So to have them get married and for us to, like be friends together I'm like this is weird like I don't think people get to have this I'm not saying it's impossible or it never happens I just feel like it's really rare and frequent you know like how'd this happen this is awesome anyway so Zach and Mika Mika obviously big piece of the story very involved in human culture um, very contributing to what I've been able to accomplish with all this stuff so Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.